This Advent season, as we've been journeying to Christmas, we've been working through a few passages in Luke 1 and 2. There are four different songs that emerge in this part of Scripture as people celebrate the coming of Christ. And today we're going to look at that last song. I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes noticing a couple of things in this song that I hope will just meet us where we're at today. This final song comes from a man named Simeon. And historically, this song has been called nunc dimittis, which is the Latin word for the first verb, which says, now dismiss. Simeon comes to a place where he is at peace, and he says, now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. After years of praying and waiting, after years of enduring hardship for his people, political turmoil, spiritual decline, Simeon has finally come to a place where he has arrived at peace. Now dismiss, now release me, Lord. I have found what I am looking for. I have discovered peace. And my hope today is that we might discover what would enable us to say the same thing. I wonder what would enable us to come to a place where we, like Simeon, could say, okay, I can be released now from my fear and from my anxiety, for I have found what I'm looking for. I have discovered peace. I'll be honest with you, there are moments where I get a glimpse of that peace, where I feel like I'm at peace, but more often than not, I find myself falling back into a place of anxiety and fear, and I suspect that many of us can relate to that. And perhaps you even come today, and you're feeling overwhelmed with life's circumstances. Like these first worshipers in the Gospel of Luke, we too navigate a difficult world. We live in a world of violence, a world of political strife and division. Some of us come today and we're dealing with relational strain or economic insecurity. And the question that emerges for me is how we might, in the midst of it all, come to a place where we can be released and dismissed in peace. In our longing for peace, we look to all kinds of things, rightly so. We're longing to find peace, and, and yet we often discover that the things we turn to for peace come up short for us. They don't get at that core insecurity that we are feeling as human beings. I came across an article this week that shared some wisdom as to how we as Christians can navigate a world that is full of political division and strife and social tension, some tension that's going to be amplified in 2024. And this writer just had this helpful way of thinking about different things we could turn to, different options we have to seek peace in the midst of the tension we feel. And he suggested five images I want to lift up for us. I'm going to take the first two together. One source of peace is we could look to the elephant and the donkey. If, uh, if you're, you're tracking with me, right, these are the two symbols of the two political parties of our country. You could insert, insert something else in this. The idea here is that sometimes in our desire for peace, in our desire for relief, we look to worldly power and worldly leaders to try and solve those deep problems that we are legitimately dealing with. Now, to be clear, we are called to engage our world. We're not called to just disengage. We are called to work for the common good. Leadership matters. Policy matters. Law matters. The problem, friends, is when we take an important thing and we make it an ultimate thing. 
when we begin to see human leaders as saviors, when we attach to uh, elections apocalyptic language of our final hope. Pastor Adria spoke last week about how the Christmas story is putting in contrast the peace of Rome with the peace of Christ, the leadership of Caesar Augustus and the leadership of the Christ child. There is one way to seek peace through worldly means, but it, it leads down a path of coercion and division, and instead we are invited to look somewhere else. So that is one option. That is one symbol of peace that we look for. The, the third image we might look to is the image of an ostrich with its head in the sand. And so this is the other extreme, right? Frustrated with the tensions of this world and the problems that we are up again, we'd rather just avoid it, seek peace through avoidance. Let's just stick our head in the sand. And we might do this in different ways. We just want to look away, or we might try and distract ourselves with entertainment or numb the pain with substance or food or shopping. But as we know, this only goes so far, it actually just buries the problem, it doesn't deal with the problem, and that persistent anxiety will rear its head again. A fourth image is very similar, but it's a little bit different. We might look to the picture of a giraffe, and this is the picture of having our head in the clouds. It's another form of avoidance, it's kind of an escapism, where we want to just avoid some of the challenges that we're facing, but this takes a more sophisticated turn. We might do this intellectually by living in the world of ideas, but not actually stepping into the mess of our world. This could take a religious form where we frame the Christian gospel as this hope for heaven that will come in handy when I die, but that has nothing to do with our real problems in our heart and in our society, and so we keep our heads in the clouds. Friends, I submit to you that there is a different image that we are called to look to in our search for peace. We don't look to those images. The Gospels tell us that we are to behold, we are to look upon the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. In John chapter 1, John the Baptist sees people coming after Jesus, walking after Jesus, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Friends, this is our peace. This is our hope. And it's the type of peace that Simeon sees in this moment. It is an unexpected source of peace. The consolation of Israel, of his people, does not come in the form of a mighty warrior on a stallion with an army. The peace that he discovers does not come in the form of a wealthy prince or king. No, it comes in the form of this humble child born to parents in poverty. Parents who can only afford the bare minimum, two pigeons and two doves, to offer at the temple. We see in this discovery an unexpected source of peace. That peace will not come through worldly power, it will not come through avoidance or escapism, but from a God who will humble himself, take on the form of flesh, and become the Lamb of God who dies on our behalf. The Lamb of God is this image of humility. It is a symbol of sacrifice. And already here at the Christmas story, Simeon begins to see beyond the birth scene to the trajectory of where this boy will end. We see a foreshadowing of the cross. And that's why after the song, Simeon takes an ominous turn. There, there is a bleak moment where he, he sees Mary and it's as if his face falls and he realizes that this peace will be forged through sacrifice and pain. 
And so we see, as the text concludes, him saying to, to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Here at the beginning of the Christmas story, we also have the Easter story. John Donne, in his famous sermon on this text, writes this. Christ was born a martyr. He found a Golgotha where he was crucified, even in Bethlehem where he was born. For to his tenderness then the straws were almost as sharp as the thorns after, and the manger as uneasy at first as the cross at last. His birth and his death were but one continual act. This is what Simeon sees, and this is what enables him to be dismissed in peace, to find what he is looking for. He discovers in this unexpected humble child who will die on our behalf the source of his consolation. This is what Paul proclaims in Colossians, for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Friends, this Christmas, I pray that we might discover a more foundational peace, a peace that speaks in the, to the most foundational insecurity and anxiety we hold as human beings. On the cross, we find peace with God. We discover a God who sees us as we are in our mistakes, in our failures, and he loves us anyways. So we can be released from that constant striving to try and prove that we are enough, that constant shame that trips us up. We can be freed because we have a God who does not count our sins against us. And on the cross, we can discover peace between people. Paul says in Ephesians 4 that on the cross... The wall of hostility between enemies is brought down. Because what we discover on the cross is not only that God loves us and forgives us, but God also loves and forgives those people that we struggle to love. And when we grasp this, the ground becomes level at the foot of the cross, and we begin to see others not as enemies, not as less than, not as the other, but as people who are beloved children of God, people for whom Christ died. And on the cross, ultimately, we can be at peace with our own mortality and death itself. For we discover a God who overcomes the final fear, the final anxiety, the reality of death. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Paul says, for Christ has overcome the power of death. Nothing now will separate us from Christ's love, not even death itself. Friends, you see, our peace the peace that Simeon sees in this young child is not rooted in circumstances. It doesn't ebb and flow hour by hour depending on how things are going. No, as Paul says in Ephesians 2.14, Christ himself is our peace. Our peace is in Christ, not in our circumstances. Peace is not the absence of danger. It is the presence of Christ. And so in this world, you will face trouble, Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
In this world, you will face pain, but you will never face irredeemable pain if you are in the hands of the Lord. May you discover that peace this Christmas, and may it set you free. The story begins during a normal religious ritual, a custom, and it is infused by the power of the Spirit with an encounter with the presence of God. Let us not go through Christmas simply going through the motions and following tradition. Let us not reduce this moment to acute children's nativity program, but maybe see in what our children taught us today a deep peace that can set us free and release us from our fear. I pray that just as the Holy Spirit came upon Simeon and upon Mary and Joseph in this religious ritual moment, so the Holy Spirit might come upon us even here and now, meet us in our fear and meet us in our anxiety and open our eyes to the true consolation we are looking for. God, may you dismiss, release us in peace as well. May our eyes see our true salvation. Would you join me in prayer? God, I do pray that you might continue to move and work among us today, that we might not limit this season to nostalgic reflections and warm feelings, but we might be awakened to what our souls long for, that you might bring peace in our hearts and peace between people as we look, Lord, to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world on the cross. Would you do that work among us, even here and now, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.